Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s, giving their perspective on the games that we love, the headlines in pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I am your host, Wendy Burns, let my counterpart say about Morris. How's it going? It's going pretty good. I'm, I'm lagging right now, man. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I know, <man. laughs> no, The earliest we recorded. But yeah, um, today we're joined by um, a special guest once again, Maurice Hendricks. He's been on um, uh, twice in the past. Um, he's a multimedia content creator focusing on making music, film production, and video game design. But uh, thanks for being back on, man. Yeah, no problem, man. Happy to be here. Happy to have this conversation. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, um, for this episode, we're going to get into a few album reviews. And in the second half, we're going to do um, a Joker review. Um, but to start off with Benny the Butcher's Burden of Proof um, review, um, it was released last Friday. And this was, you know, to, to me, like one of the masterpiece albums of the year, as it was, a, you know, an introspective return and, and the soulful um, Hit Boy production worked so well. Um, Hit Boy also worked on the recent Nas LP. And this was, you know, very diverse, but also a collection that was succinct. Um, the album opener, Burden of Proof, really set the tone. And then there were a few 2020 effects that amplified, you know, the boom bap uh, leaning um, production. But all of the features seemed to be carefully chosen with Rick Ross opening the, uh, offering the supreme gravitas and Where Would I Go, Freddie Gibbs on the electrifying one-way flight, um, Queen Napa on Thank God I Made It, and also Big Sean and Lil Wayne on Timeless. And there were so many deep and thoughtful elements met with balance in the production that um, made this flow effortlessly. In one way, Flighty says, what's a sage with no mic and the voice of a poet? What's more important, the flower, the soil that grow it? And he tries to highlight the the reality of how pivotal um, choices in life can be challenging. Um, But to you, Maurice, like, what were your overall thoughts on this album as it's, you know, a very complete thorough project along with the um, magnificent production from Hip Boy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so actually, this is my first um, Benny the Butcher album that I've listened to, actually. And so when I, my first impressions, I was like, whoa, this guy, this guy is dope. Like, I really like his sound. Um, and the production yeah. of the album, I don't know if you guys have ever um, listened to MF Doom, you know, Matt Villain and uh, uh, Mad Lib. But to me, like, the the production style, it, it kind of sounded like something that Mad Lib produced. Like, Mad Lib mm-hmm. would produce the whole album. Mm-hmm. And I really like that because I like that old sound. Um, and yeah, so when, I, so when I was listening to this album... I was like, dang, this this dude is really dope. He got the lyricism down. His style, he bring he's like, you know, that it was old hard school. to skip a song. Yeah, it really was. And like, um, you know, he got these like newer newer guys on the feature. Or not really the new guys, but like, you know, the the old school new guys, if that makes yeah. sense. Uh exactly. so he got that and he even got Big Sean, which he's kind of new school, I guess. But um, like I really appreciate it. Every feature, every feature was carefully chosen, uh, and the wordplay throughout the whole album was was very good. I, I just really liked the the production and the and the style of this album. And he kept it to twelve songs, which I really appreciate because now albums are like you know twenty deep. So yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it was just <laughs> exactly. really it was a concise project, and I, I really appreciated it. Yeah, um, and, and so you say, like, I mean, we've covered albums that. Um, had features that that didn't work as well, and this was like Maurice was saying, carefully chosen. Um, so you kind of right. kind of like what were your thoughts on the the features he chose, and also just your overall thoughts on this project as it really has been like one of the the noteworthy projects of this year. So the first uh, feature that really stood out to me, obviously, is Rick Ross, and what the style beating the butcher has is like really extremely 
douse with real hip hop. Sorry, I saw something moving. I was like, what is that? <laughs> so I got distracted. <laughs> but there was no, a long pause. <laughs> right. Because I, I was looking at it because I'm in my office or whatever. But no, um, this album is real hip hop. And then mm. he has real hip hop artists featuring on this. Big Sean, I, I consider real hip hop because he's very lyrical. Dom Kennedy, mm-hmm. one of the most slept on rappers in the industry, man. And man, man has been consistent for years. Him and Don Tripp. And um, Big Sean, Freddie Gibbs, straight hip hop. Dude, it's like super funny, but he's straight hip hop. Mm-hmm. Straight mm-hmm. old school beats. Lyricism, his cadence is really, it's, he doesn't he doesn't wait not wait for the beat but he 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 gives his own type of of variation of cadences throughout the throughout the song it's just like you just all you do is bob bob your head and you find yourself back in the 90s 90s and the 80s just mm-hmm. bob your head <laughs> with music and it's such a vibe and then you attach to his his lyrics and what he's been through in his story so everything just is cohesive to the, the main point and then yeah. And then you hit Rick Ross. Rick Ross is like, man, dude flows. He's like another instrument mm-hmm. on the beat. His voice is so poetic, bro. But yeah, mm-hmm. this is, was a tough album. Tough. And I think yeah. it was 12 songs because what a type of rapper he is, hip hop, a lot of people will lose interest after a while yeah. because it's straight hip hop. Yeah. And that's, you know, a dying form in this industry. Yeah. And, and I mean, to me, like War Paint, One Way Flight, and Traded All were like some of my favorites. Like to you, Maurice, were mm-hmm. there any particulars that you kind of like went back and listened to like even more? Yeah. So I, obviously, I really like Timeless um, with Lil Wayne and Big Sean. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Over the Limit with uh, Dom Kennedy, and I liked uh, Legend, the the last song at the end. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so those are some of my favorites on the album, and I uh, I kind of go back and listen to them. Even the intro was pretty pretty dope. Um, mm-hmm. Dang, and the one with Rick Ross. Yeah, honestly, there's a lot of good songs in this. Right, album. but the ones that I immediately saved on the first listen were like "Timeless," "Over the Limit," and "Legend." But if yeah. when I, like as I go back and like look at them, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of good ones on this album, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Savon, to you, kind of like what were some of your favorites? Yo, where would I go for sure? Timeless, uh, "Over the Limit," Dom Kennedy's verse was like dope, stupid. Um, <laughs> War Paint, I think it's still like, um, I have to listen to it again. I listened to it twice, but I think it's, it's growing on me. It's, it's, yeah. it's different. It takes time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Conway the Machine, I've never heard of him. I would never heard of that person, Conway the Machine. I was like, what? <laughs> when I looked at the name, I was like, that's an interesting name. Um, yeah. but no, and then Legend, Legend was definitely a one. So I got the same process as Maurice, like, I don't save the whole album. I listen to it. And I save dip, like individual ones, and then I go mm-hmm. back and listen to the whole thing and see if I want to say something else. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Where does like is it is it is there a particular rank? I mean, in terms of some of the best albums that you've heard so far this year, Maurice. Like, is this one of the the top ones that that, that you feel as though you, you you've heard so far? Well, you said is is this one of the top ones that I've heard? Yeah, for this year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, like there there has been some good albums, but a lot of people is like it's like hit or miss this year, honestly. Um yeah. so I I'll I definitely put this on like the hit list versus the miss list. Um and I'll probably go back and listen to it again just to get my final ranking out of right. the whole year. But yeah, this is definitely one of the the top ones that I've listened to this year. For sure. Say say mom, would you kind of say the same? Yeah, I think this was this was in the hit list. Cause there's a lot of good albums, a lot of, good a lot of just, uh, 
Like Ty Dolla Sign's album was okay. Um, yeah. uh, Spillage Village was a fire album. It was definitely different, and mm-hmm. but it was still a great album. This was real hip hop. Like I love real hip hop. That's what I grew up on. So this like this album really like, just took me back to the my young days. Listen to my dad <laughs> blasting music in his uh in his <laughs> car and just listen to old school rap. Like I grew yeah. up on Slick Rick. So like this just like resembles that a little bit. Storytelling, mm-hmm. lyricism. Yeah, this was a dope album. Yeah, definitely a hit, hit album. For sure. Yeah. And um now transitioning to to, to Drake's uh, Scorpion review. This was Drake's fifth studio album from 2018 and you know the production was, was rich along with the gems dropped as he also addresses his fatherhood and what he saw from his parents as um it became a situation now and this was you know obviously a very expansive project as it was 25 songs and, and standard issues he usually delves into on, on most albums he gets into as well and he's so skilled as a, as a technician and a, um, a melodicist in this one and it's still very um musically engaging having two distinct sides rap and r&b um, show that shows the aesthetics he always wanted to delve into, and um, in Sandra's Row, the song where he he's detailing the way fame has impacted his lifestyle, and he and he says, "I wasn't made for no casket or no prison cell. Every title doing numbers like I miss Adele. Sandra knows I I pulled us out of a living hell. I'm the chosen flowers. Um, I'm the chosen flowers never pick themselves." End quote. Um, but to you, Maurice, like, what were your thoughts on Drake's last expansive album, and also if between the A side and B side, was there one you liked more? Mm-hmm. So I definitely saved more songs from A side for sure, um, mm-hmm. just because I like that side of Drake more, the the rap side and the the lyrical side. Um, you know what's weird about this album for me? I saved a lot of songs on here, but like when I really think about it, I'm like, a lot of the songs were just good, and that was yeah, like the good. cap for them. Like they were just good, like and none of them were like really really like a, there was a, a couple was like really good but a lot of them were kind of like they were on the radio for a while you know everybody was playing them but then that was kind of like the limit like i don't i don't see a lot of these going back like in a few years and being like oh yeah let me play that uh mm-hmm. freaking uh emotionist or you know <laughs> yeah mobtized you know what i'm saying cuz it's just like yeah. a lot of them were good songs you know but it it just it definitely wasn't like like I'd say, I have songs uh, on More Life that I would play over Scorpion. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I think it was just I, because, I like More Life better than this one. Yeah, and I think what it was was that uh, you know with the whole Pusha T um, business. Yeah. And he was dealing with that at the same time. This album wasn't supposed to, one. This album wasn't supposed to be this long. He said mm-hmm. that he added like half of these songs. You know, are like sneak. This is to Pusha T. So he went back and rewrote like half of these. And then he added some songs. Like, before, he didn't have In My Feelings, apparently. He didn't have Mob Ties. All those were songs added after the mm-hmm. Pusha T beef. So, like, half of these songs were kind of just, like, Drake and his feelings, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. about the Pusha T business, uh, going back and adding them. And so, I, I really wonder what this album would have been like if it wasn't, you know, for those songs. But, um, but yeah, this, it, it definitely... I. What I expected on the album, the way he marketed it, was that it was gonna be like, uh, uh, like a savage, like I'm coming at Pusha T the whole album, which he, yeah. to be fair, he did, but it was kind of like sneak disses, um, mm-hmm. rather than like you know an actual diss track. So I think that kind of blinded it for a lot of fans listening to this album, and so you kind of expected more than there was, and I think that's also what kind of influenced my decision for the album. But overall, I think I think uh, like I, I saved 
like most of the songs right here, like there's only like a couple that I didn't save. Um, and so like, I just don't know about it being that like those songs that I go back and listen to, but definitely, definitely a dope project. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, it's, looking back at it, there's like seven or eight really good songs on it. Um, mm-hmm. Like Jaded, Emotionless, 8 Out of 10, Sandra's Rose. Um, I think even Peak is a, is a kind of underrated song. Like, was there oh, any yeah. particular... Wait, well, I'm wait, not saying wait. only eight. I'm not saying oh. only eight. <laughs> wait, okay, really I'm good just... ones? What is your definition of really good, though? Really I mean, good. Oh, go ahead, Wellington. Sorry. In term in terms of really good, I feel I feel as though we it's been it's been like a while in terms of what we've seen, like the peak of what Drake can do. And oh, there were yeah. some that A side, you, you got some, some of his like you know vintage type of tracks, and then in the mm-hmm. B side, you got that as well. Um, but but to you, Savon, like were there were there any particulars, and also just kind of like what were your overall thoughts on this project looking back at it? So I'll start with the overall project. I thought it was way too long for Drake. <laughs> Definitely for Drake. I think uh-huh. at certain points, Drake lose sight of his message. Because right. I don't even know what the message is for this album. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so, it's everywhere. Scorpion, I guess, is so erratic and it it's kills. It's in a, yeah, it's, it's in a desert. I don't know like what his message was. This mm-hmm. is the first album I did not know his message. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, this is just, just, just everywhere, bro. Like, you got some great, good songs on here, but it's just everywhere. You wanted people to know about your son. You talked about it's just like you you just wanted to talk about it. You just said venting, like venting. This was like a rush. It felt like a rushed project. Yep. It yep. did. It did. But it was still good. Don't get me wrong. It was still good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was still a good project. <laughs> but it just didn't feel like authentic Drake. Like we didn't have exactly. a message. I think he was just, yeah, just in his feelings. So the songs, I know like it's more than eight songs. So I'm just gonna go nonstop, of course. Um God's plan. I'm upset. Eight out of ten. That's one. That's my favorite song on this track. Mm-hmm. Oh. There were some that we already heard that, that we already heard so much, like God's plan. Nice for what? Like yeah. we had already heard so much that. Right. Yeah. And even I'm upset as well. Jaded. Nice for what? Um, I like. Um, is there more? No, I'm on. Oh say yeah, it. I like there's more. Finesse yeah. was low key a bop. That thing, yeah, yeah, really that's hit, underrated. Bro. For sure. Blue tint, come on, <laughs> blue tint is so hard, bro. <laughs> like I listen to blue tint all the time. Um, uh, don't I matter. Think March fourteenth. I even thought. I even thought March fourteenth was a solid closeout. Bro, March fourteenth, after the dark, Final Fantasy, all three of those back to back. He knew what he was doing. He those, did. He did. Those tracks are fire. That's why I was like, eight. It's more than H. Eight tracks on here that it's probably out of 25. I think it's probably like 12 tracks, 12, 13 tracks. Yeah, 12 mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. Like Ratchet, Happy Birthday. Why did you put that on here? Um <laughs> Summer uh, Games should not have been on here. Summer Games should no. have never been on. Don't matter to me, made it in my mind because one it was Michael Jackson and I like the flow of it. Um, yeah, it was a good one. yeah, but survival was yeah, elevate, yeah, okay. emotionless, yeah. I like survival. Yeah. I, like thought it was a, I thought it was a dope intro. It's a dope intro, but it's like, yeah. 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 Like, I don't, I don't, I don't go back and listen to it. Like mm-hmm. the first song I start with, obviously, is gonna be nonstop. Cause I mean that that's hard. Like it's a 
That's hard. And then I'll go if I'm feeling. I don't. God's plan is a dope song, but we played it out. And then I'll go. That's what I'm saying. That's what I meant by seven or eight that that like that we didn't hear because there were a few that just everybody had already heard and it was yeah, still happening. For true. Sure, sure. I don't know for sure. But I mean, yeah. yeah, this was way too long though. And he he admitted it with the the interview he had with um those two gentlemen. Rap radar. Yeah, rap radar. Yeah. He, he was like, man, yeah. that was too long of a project. Fifteen songs is really you know precise and is the right number of songs. Now hopefully this this lover boy certified lover boy. We gotta talk about it. We gotta talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we saw the promo video the, the uh, promo video uh, last night. Um, and you know, it's come, it's coming out, uh, January, 2021. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, there's been so much speculation about it when it was going to come out. Um, he originally promised th- this summer and then there was just, you know, still even 40 on Kevin Durant's podcast said that, you know, it could drop at any time. And he, 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 he really didn't even know. Um, but to you, Maurice, like from what you saw in that promo video and just the build up um, for what's going to happen next year, kind of like, what are your initial thoughts on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. I I knew as soon as he said that he was dropping another album. All right, he was dropping the real album in the summer. I was like, he cap, he cap. I was like, there's no way he would like drop Dark Lane demo tapes and then drop another <laughs> album back right. to back. Exactly. That's not what Drake does. You know what I'm saying? He, he's very meticulous. He's very like he plans everything out. He's so. literally testing the water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I really I don't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, overall, yeah, I, I'm really excited. The way he marketed the video, uh, obviously, you know, he 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 uh, he tied back to what most of you know hip hop considers classics are. Some of hip hop, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with nothing was the same and take care. I don't know why Dark Lane demo tapes was on there. Like, yeah, the, I didn't get that one. Yeah, I mean, like, that, like, that was the one I was. Like, it went. It went. Oh, I think it went double platinum. What dark lane yeah. demo tapes? Yeah, wow, bro, it has Tussie Slide on there, bro. Tussie oh, Slide, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, of course, Tussie Slide, yeah. And he okay, got some yeah, other yeah. bangers, like after he does. A he timeless or time flies. Yeah, time Best flies. Time. I like um, uh, what's the one with him and Future? Love. Oh, desires. Desires. Oh yeah, yeah, desires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, that's the leak. but that's what I'm saying. The whole album was like leaks or songs that he's you know every, some people have already heard. So it's like. I, I don't know, crazy. like I don't know why that was on there. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't a dope project because it was, but it was just it just surprised me. Class. Like, yeah, he considered he like compared that to like Take Care and, so and I, I think it's because of the co- the the cover art or just like the cover yeah, of the album. It works. It works. Okay, so they just did that. Yeah, okay, I that think makes so, sense. Because for um, nothing, not nothing was the same. Um, Thank me later. I don't think you could have really did. Yeah, you could have to put it off. That's true. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense, you know. But it, it would be misleading for him to have those as cover art and then kind of like not even have the sound. I mean, the, notice the title he didn't drop Scorpion. Notice, notice Scorpion was not in there, exactly. guys. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, yeah, he could have done Scorpion. Like, it, so that's why I'm like, I, it would be misleading to have. And that's why I'm like, this album, I don't think it's going to be at what people like necessarily want from Drake, which is like that... And Drake already admitted that he's never doing that again. Like, he has nothing left to prove in that arena. So he's like... He's on to, like, maintaining like his status as the billboard. Like, he lives right. on the billboard. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's what this whole album is going to be. And I remember we talked about it back in um, June or July, whenever whenever we uh, whenever I was on last. Mm-hmm. We were like, what are the predictions for, for this new album? 
And I said, I bet you this was going to be the most pop album we've ever seen from Drake. And, and the name itself is already yeah, pop. <laughs> so, no, wait. Maybe we get Take Care again, bro. Like, take maybe Care we vibes. Of, <laughs> We're not going to Take Care again, bro. <laughs> no, like all those songs like um, Doing It Wrong. Um, uh, uh, Ooh. Like oh. maybe we'll get those type of tracks. Like Certified Lover Practice. Boy. It got to yeah. be. We're going to get That's some true. reggae. <laughs> we go get some dance all <laughs> for sure. <laughs> At least two songs, but, but I mean Drake hasn't been in any like relation that we know of. He hasn't been in any relationships like that, so nobody's really breaking his heart, you know. So oh, yes. I don't know. You know Not, yet. Low, Not yet. We just that's found true. out he dated um SZA. SZA. Like, that's true. That's true. So he probably got a lot of women to talk about. Like we, <laughs> there's still two more, two more months of the year. He can have more. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and he probably talk about his baby moms or his his, his yeah, mother's, I mean his sure. son's mother or whatever. So we all know certified lover boy. That is definitely a tight name, and then he has the heart in his hair. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's low key fire, bro. Like that's that low key fire. Drake know what he doing, bro. I, I used to get designs in my head all the time, so it's just like, yo, you got it in the front left corner, bro. Like, he knew what he was doing. He don't care about life. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was doing, bro. Certified lover boy. I wonder how many cuts it took him to, to get that right. The barber. Actually get the perfect heart. Right. <laughs> He's right. like, nah, dude, we'll come back. Do it again. Right. He wanted to wear a hat the entire two, three weeks. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, like, it, as you said, Savon, before, before we turn to our last album review, in terms of just it coming out in January... But like when you initially when you initially saw the video and then you saw that pop up like pop up that it was coming in January was it like one of those things that it was like an extreme shock where you just felt as though with the delay it was just you know destined to happen. So when I so when I first saw the the marketing video for the album I was like oh yeah. wait is he gonna drop like he's gonna drop it at Christmas and then it said January two thousand twenty one I was like what <laughs> what are you are you serious. Drake, are, are you serious? You gotta give us pop star. You gotta give us uh, any, give us that album, dude. Like, what you got going on? But now, when I I was like, maybe he wants to make it's a great marketing scheme. So this first probably gonna be the first album to drop of next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's gonna set the standard to set the bar before anybody he's else gets it. January. He's saying nobody else dropped. He said, if anybody drops in January, let's put our numbers. You're he's going to sell so many. He's going to sell so much. So it it's really just raises the bar. I think he does. He was like, man, let's do it next. If Demo Tape did really, really good, and those are throwaway songs, just imagine if I drop an album first of the year and see how people have to come catch me and catch my numbers. That's crazy. I don't know exactly. if that's what he's scheming, but it sounds good to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now transitioning to J. Cole's um, 2014 Forest Hills Drive review. This was um, his third album. And even with Born, Born Center, there were um, was com- commercial, critical, and public success. And by this time, um, we all knew he was an elite artist, but it all came down to how elite he would become. And this was an, an artistically mm-hmm. um, courageous project and, and escaped the pressure of just making the radio or label satisfied, but also making the music he wanted. Um, but overall, it's still you know his most compelling and... Um, consistent studio album and one of his final tracks apparently um he reflects on the decisions he made in his life and tries to make them um right he says think back to forest hills no perfect home but the only thing like home i've ever known until they snatch her from my mama and propose her on the loan i'm so sorry that i left you there to to deal with that alone end quote 
Um, but to you, Maurice, like, like, what were your thoughts on this album being one that is considered in the pantheon of, of Cole's best and the great perception it still has? As it is even Cole, he's rumored to, to possibly come out with a new album. And looking back on on that, that's still kind of like the standard for what he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, dude, I love this album so much, man. Like, I, I really think this is like the peak of J. Cole or... Wait, you guys... Okay, I thought I uh, left. Okay. Um, yeah, this is like peak J. Cole, man. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know a single person who doesn't consider this album a classic. Right, um, yeah. And, and man, it, it just reminds me... Like, I think his new project... I really hope he goes back to, like, this style. Because, like, he's he's kind of been, like, experimenting with a, a new sound. Or, or, or Not a new sound, but more more Billboard-type songs. Like, in his last albums. Or our last collaborations um so i really think he's gonna go back to to 2014 forces drives on his new new album but yeah on this album man he just it was just filled it was just filled with so much storytelling um with great beats and and he even had some billboard singles you know what i'm saying like uh like everybody wet dreams is kind of overplayed but um you know i really like apparently man Yes. No role models, of course. January twenty, like, bro, there's so many good, so many good songs, so much storytelling, and it, and it was like beautiful storytelling. You know, like he's just yeah. such a great storyteller. Like, I don't know anybody that's as great of a storyteller as him, other than like Kendrick. But um, and then you know he's always he's always original with his flows, and he always just flows so greatly on 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 the beats and stuff. So, yeah, man, much respect yeah. to Cole on this album. I think this was his most concise project yeah. to date mm-hmm. for sure absolutely um so save on to you like kind of what were your overall thoughts on 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 this project and then even kind of like what you're looking for um when he drops his uh, next project yo like when i first heard this album obviously it was back in 2014 <laughs> it was like so man the way that he goes through and tells the story. So beginning is January 28th. He's a baby. It's just like he's going through different stages of his life, different mm-hmm. stages of the rap game. And then he comes to a realization like, yo, this is like, bro, this is dumb. Like, why am I putting so much emphasis on this where I should be putting more emphasis on love, family? And love, apparently, hello, love yours. Those songs are like really just him just understanding life more. Like what mm-hmm. really matters? Money, cars, don't that really don't matter. Those it's gonna go away. So the fact that he yeah. did that and there were great songs to do it, it was just like, yo, how do you do that and still keep that same like, like I'm still glued to it. Like I, right. I don't understand how you do it. And with without features, man, that's crazy, Bruh. bro. That's like the toughest thing to pull off, and he and he did it so well. Yeah, to carry a whole album like by yourself, like without by features, yourself. is crazy. And then, like, yeah. you can listen to it from beginning to end. No skipping any songs. If you really... Because January 28th... No, the intro really... Do you want to... Do you want to be free? free mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. Bro, and then it go from January 28th. Oh, my gosh, bro. Like, this album was so freaking dope. Best His best album, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think when he did um, For Your Eyes Only, I think it still had the implications of... Forest Hill Drive, but I think it was more of like what stage of life he was in. I think each album it goes with the stage of life. Cause so mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It was KOD was a good album, but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't Forest Hill Drive. I think we yeah. got in reintroduced because even um Born Center, I love Born Center. That whole album really was fire too. Yeah. 
But yeah, Forest Hill Drive is definitely his best project. If I have to rank them, yeah, Forest Hill Drive is number one. Wait, wasn't yeah. for or wasn't for your eyes only? He, he, it was someone else's story that he was telling though the whole time, correct? Correct. But yeah, he also okay. has some of his own stuff in there too, like um, uh, Ville mentality, uh, Deja Vu, uh, photo clothes, neighbors, neighbors and photo clothes was about him. Okay. Um, cause, yo, yo, photo clothes. I want to photo clothes for you. <laughs> I want to be good. Bro, that song, like, people slept on that song. I used to play that song all the time. Like, oh, yeah, I want to fold clothes with my girl. Hey, baby, look. But, hey, don't sleep on um, Cold World, the sideline story. That's definitely number oh, two. Yeah. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Album wise. Was Friday Night Lights one of his first mixtapes? Uh, yeah, that was yes. that was like his uh yeah mixtape. That was a yeah, classic. and then Young Simba, uh no, not Young Simba. Friday Night Lights was one of his first ones, but he made one before that, like his under underground. Yeah. Cause I think Friday Night Lights was when he first got signed. That was his first um uh, signed uh mixtape, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. For sure. Well, we're gonna take we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with our drip review. Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting into our Joker review. And to start with the overview, Joker is a 2019 psychological thriller film directed and produced by Todd Phillips, who co-wrote um, the screenplay with um, Scott Silver. It's based on the DC Comics characters starring Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker and provides an alternative origin story for the character. Um, set in 1981, it follows Arthur Fleck, a failed clown and stand-up comedian whose descent into insanity and nihilism inspires a violent countercultural revolution against the wealthy um, in a decaying Gotham City. Along with Phoenix, it's starring um, Robert De Niro, Zazie Beetz, Francis uh, Conroy, uh, Brett Cullen, Glenn Fleshler, Bill Camp, um, Shea Wiggum, and Mark Marin appearing in supporting roles. And Joker was produced by Warner Bros. Uh, Bros. Pictures, DC Films, and Joint Effort. Um, had a budget of 55 to 70 million and brought in 1.074 billion in the box office and had a 68% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Joaquin Phoenix won multiple awards, including the Premier Academy Award for Best Actor. And this film also won Best Original Score and um, received overall 11 nominations. And, you know, obviously, Joaquin Phoenix's performance was phenomenal and a high mark in his career. Um, Savon, Rotten Tomatoes didn't think so because they gave it 68%, but <laughs> the critical response was, was extremely divided as some thought this was too raw and the film's plot developments weren't as clear and it got, you know... <laughs> <laughs> and they got negative comparisons for, for trying to emulate Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver, in which there was another mentally deranged central character. Um, but to you, Maurice, like, what were your initial thoughts of the film and also kind of the historic task Phoenix was given having to be such a marquee character in Joker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, okay, so my first initial reaction, because I think when I... It was really hyped up when I, whenever I watched it. Like, I watched it when it came out, but it, it was still gathering a lot of hype. So... Like when I first watched it, like I don't know, it it didn't live up to the hype that people were giving it, but it was still a good movie. Don't get me wrong, it was still a good movie. Um, I think what it was was that it was a different type of Joker movie than we've seen before. Because obviously, like, like obviously, like his depiction in, in the Batman movies, so different versus like a standalone movie. Um, it it tells a different story and why why he became who he is and and things like that. So. Uh, I think overall, I really liked the movie, but I felt like it was missing something. And I don't know what that is, but it, it felt like it was missing, like, an explanation for 
or it felt like an excuse to the the story felt like an excuse to justify like why he became who he is and that wasn't enough for me i guess is what i'm saying like i don't know if it was because the things that happened didn't happen long enough like it was a very short sequence of events that led up to what happened um and i, I guess that just wasn't enough to for me to like to process why that would like change him mentally you know what i'm saying so right. I think they should have explored more into his childhood and like uh more of a and, background and like, story. Yeah, yeah. Really like hone in on that and then add on to the stuff that happened um to him, like when he was older. And then that would have explained it, I think, a lot better. But yeah. So overall, um am I giving my rating here or just Oh not yet. No, just this is okay. just the over the initial thoughts. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. That that that's that's that that's what I think. Yeah. And, and I mean, to you, Savon, like, this is, a, this is a film we talked about in the past a lot in terms of just, you know, you, you felt as though it should have won Best Picture. And obviously, Joaquin Phoenix with what he did happen to follow up, um, you know, a lot of past Joker performances. Um, to, to you, kind of like, what were your initial thoughts of this film? And just even like the the overall like rating that it, that it got that wasn't as high because some people just, you know, weren't unanimous on this being a great film. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> For Ron Tomato and Maurice to say that it, you guys are. <laughs> Anywho, now this film was a great film. You know what I mean? It was a great film because it's so many origin stories or wannabe origin stories for the Joker. I think this gave the more most realistic origin story. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's what it was supposed to be. That's what it was. It's an origin story of why he, the why he, way he was and how people perceived him. You know what I mean? So I think it had everything. It gave you different sparks of his why his family and how he was connected to Bruce Wayne and then how he'll be connected to, uh, to Batman or Bruce Wayne in the in, mm-hmm. and later down the road. How he was, you know, I, I think it connected well. How his mental, he thought he was in a relationship with Zaza. How? <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, there's no way she wants it. No way. <laughs> Get out of here, bro. There's no way. She's so just, it's just, she's I, just for you. Right. I was like, there's no way. She, that's so weird. So she's going to open the door for you? That's, that's what you like? <laughs> I was personalizing it so much for no reason. Oh my god! <laughs> but no, I, man, this I think it was a good film. I think it was precise. I I don't think it kind of resembled anything with Taxi Driver. I think it was its own movie. Joaquin Phoenix mm. had a, a perfect performance. You didn't see that comparison? Not really. I mean, maybe because people say that because Robert De Niro was in both films, so you kind of you know want to warp it to that. I don't. I think it was his own standoff film. I think it was a good origin story. That's what it's supposed to be. And then it got more than what it should. Not for Ron Tomato or Maurice, for that matter, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but transitioning to our first topic from one to four stars, what would you give it? Maurice, to you, um, what was kind of like like your rating for it and, and why? All right, I'm going to give it... Uh, this should be good. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, look. I'm going to give it, uh, it... This is like in between, so I'm going to give it... Uh, a low to mid three, if that makes sense. Yeah, so like I went a three point two five, two point four, somewhere in that range. Oh, yeah. yeah, it just it, it was missing that crucial element for me that was like mm-hmm. the justification got, to he the got hit ins- by cars. He he got hit by a car. He killed people. <laughs> what else do you want, Marcus? What do you want? 
don't know some childhood explanation for why his mental state is how it is. You know what I'm saying? It it I did. Mean, they did, but only for like five minutes. No, it film. was periodically, bro. You look where how his mom was, right? And then he had uh-huh. to take care of his mom. See yeah. what job field he was in. See how people treated him. It was like mm-hmm. everything led up to that moment. And he said but, that in the show. But those are all elements that the the viewer had to assume mm-hmm. were accurate. And not not in the sense that accurate, but stuff that you had to assume. And they didn't like directly spell it out in the movie. It was just kind of like, oh, we we assume like his mom was on drugs or whatever. And and so we assume his childhood was bad. But they didn't actually show his childhood being bad. You know what I'm saying? Or the absentee of not having a father in the home affecting him in any way. They just it's just stuff that the viewer assumes about about the character. And that's what made it a great film. You don't want everything spelled out for no, you. Of course not everything, but like <laughs> it just it the they they didn't use that in addition to the stuff that happened. They just assumed that you already that that was already like there in like common knowledge. And that's what I didn't like about the film. All right, all right, yeah, yeah. That's because like of course, like all this bad stuff happened to him. But dang, yeah. like for him to just snap like that, you know what I'm saying? Like you, I don't think it was justified, like for his character to develop that quickly, if that makes sense. Okay, well, let's go ahead, brother. Because <laughs> I got a lot to say about that. Yeah. No, no, that was it. I'm curious about your yeah. opinion. And, and I mean, like to me, I, I kind of went the same way, like three and a half. Um, you know, it, it's it's obviously hard to overlook how um Joaquin Phoenix transform it into a new original take on Joker, but That's just too. The, the lack of a stronger supporting cast and then seemingly kind of, to me, relying on older films for the main substance like Taxi Driver, because I do mm-hmm. think there were some similar elements with a, you know, a, a mentally challenged character as that kind of dragged the film to me, but, but still an overall solid film. Um, but to you, Savon, kind of kind of uh, like, I know I know what your rating is, but, but why, why do you have it that way? I am appalled by you. <laughs> Three and a half stars, 3.4. It was four stars. Literally four (laughs) stars. This is why I say it's a four star. So everything you just said actually happened, and they led that up to to the big finale. So you Mm -hmm. look at his childhood. It didn't have to flash back to his childhood. That would have took too long. It would have sent you down a rabbit hole that you had Mm -hmm. to reconnect the story. So what they did was they they gave him different instances of who he was trying to have a father figure a game show host out of all people that came on consistently, that had the same lineup, that did that boom, 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 like a father should be, right? Mm-hmm. He he wanted a father figure for that. And then yeah. he, he when he believed his mom was was having interest, whatever, with Dwayne, he believed it. He went to the home. He, he was in the bathroom. Like, all this stuff leads up to it, like how his mind is so, like, warped, bro. Like, I don't understand how you guys don't, like... Come on, man. Come on, it's five and four stars. <laughs> I definitely see that now, though. Now that you pointed out, I guess there was that. Like, he was constantly longing for a father figure, but... Yeah. Like... Well, let's say, come on with Maurice. He's coming back. No, 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 no. I'm not... <laughs> nah, I still think it's missing that. <laughs> it's missing that. Obviously, That's, like, so obvious throughout the film, though. Like, obviously, he's looking for a father figure, but... Does that like just because you long for a father figure, that means you're gonna kill somebody? Like, no, where's if, the connection between like if that? You, the intent. Yeah, go ahead. If you yeah. long for a father figure, you don't have direction, right? Mm-hmm. You end up being a clown. <laughs> 
for <laughs> you to have any direction. So you believe anything, you'll do anything. So okay. it was just different events leading up to that. You see how people yeah. treated him, how people lied on him. That wasn't even my gun. I got beat up for no reason. People, like, mm-hmm. It's just like those events leading up to just like having a spiral. Because when something happens to you and you really don't like when you were younger and it built up, like you can't really do anything about it because one, yeah. you're not going to say anything to your parents. Like, you know, that's not a great idea. You, you yeah. scream. So you don't have any other way to release that built up energy that has been happening since he was a young kid. They didn't mm-hmm. have to flashback to that because you see his mom, example of his mom, and you don't see example of his father. So he has to look for father figures through his mom because he believed everything his mom said and also in a game show host. And just, it's just, I don't know. It's four stars. I don't want to get in too much into it. I already did, but it's okay. Four stars. You guys are cheapskates. You could have gave that extra four star. <laughs> That's why I give it a 3.4 so we don't have to round up to the four. We're, we're reversing how the first time Maurice was on when you gave Inception three stars and we gave it four. So now there's just a reverse. Uh, yeah. See, I gave it three, not three and a half. That's so indecisive. How you, just say four. How are you going to give... Inception a three, but Joker a four. That don't make any sense yeah, whatsoever. Joker was fire. We'll, we'll get into it. You you gonna you gonna change your mind here shortly. He was like, can I change my mind here? All right, bet bet. <laughs> but yeah, um, transitioning to, to to favorite character. Um, another character that we that we talked about. Obviously, Joker is the standout. But Murray Franklin, he was one of the most influential in terms of just what you know what Joker wanted in a father. When you look at just the overall progression and arc of the film, um. He had, you know, one of the biggest impacts on Joker and Franklin had the career Arthur always wanted. And even though he's not a, um, a real character from the comic books, his role is so logical and instrumental in a newer revelation of the beginnings of the Joker. Um, but to you, Maurice, kind of like who was your um, overall favorite character? Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say Murray, the way he like the way his actor was uh, obviously like I would say like Joker, but that was that's too obvious. So, yeah, um, trying to vary up here. But um yeah, Murray, like the way he, the way his character performed, um, and just who he was as as a character in the movie alone, like, like he was just that classic, like you know, kind of like boss mentality, like I'm the star here, like you don't, really, I don't really care about my guests in that sense. Um, so obviously that's why he treated Joker the way he did, and obviously he was a clown, so that's kind of like what like he was supposed to treat him as, you know, treat him as who he is. Um, but I think the way he, the way uh, his character performed was perfect, and why it led up to ultimately like what happened. And if he didn't, if he wasn't who he was, then you know that scene may have not happened. So um, yeah, you know, I, I would say he was one of my favorite characters in the, in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so Savon, to you, kind of who was like your overall favorite character? Ooh, I think it had to be Mister Wayne. Because we never see the dad. We never got the story of who he really was. <clears throat> we all we always get the he got shot <laughs> in a hall in an alleyway, not a hallway, alleyway. So I he was a douchebag, bro. Like mm-hmm. he was my favorite yeah. character, but it gave me an in-depth of why Batman was the way he was. Yeah. And um that if the dad would have stayed alive and got older, it would have been worse off. But then he had to be like his dad in the public eye, but he also wasn't his dad. Oh, I'm getting off the Batman thing. Uh, maybe I'll read too much into it, but yeah, Mr. Wayne <laughs> was definitely my favorite character, just given the in-depth of who he was and how his connection was with um with the Joker. 
Do you think sure. that his dad was really him, though? I don't. I don't think so. Mm-mm. I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't it's not make like sense. a logical conclusion. Yeah, okay. but it does go for like makes you think like mm, maybe. But then when this situation when it was fake with him and Zazi Zazas whatever yeah is, yeah character it was just like threw me off like nah that's not true there. <laughs> okay me. yeah yeah um now I'm just need to some most memorable scenes um. Meeting Bruce Wayne, where Arthur meets his uh, brother Bruce Wayne. Um, Dad, it's me, um, where Arthur pleads with his father, Thomas Wayne. Um, the Joker's story, Arthur learns the truth about his parents and childhood. Um, the fantasy is dead, where Arthur pays an unwelcome uh, visit to Sophie. Um, My life is a comedy, where Arthur confronts his mother. Also, the the, the, um, uh, the scene where Joker dances before the cops catch him. Joker's speech, where um, he makes a powerful statement on Murray, on Murray Franklin's show. Then um, killing the Waynes, where the Waynes get caught up in the Joker's uh, clown riots. Um, to, to you, Maurice, like what was kind of like your um, overall most memorable scene? Yeah, the the funniest scene to me, the like greatest scene was definitely when uh, when short dude, I think his name was like Gary or something. He got mm-hmm. caught up. Uh, he went to come visit him, um, and <laughs> it was too short to open the door. Man, oh my oh, yeah. god, dude! I really, I really thought he was about to kill him, man. I, I, I thought he was dead. Myself. I thought he was gone. You know, he still had a little good in him. He let him go and stuff. But he definitely yeah. scared the crap out of him. Like that dude thought he was dead. But yeah, thinking about it, like you named a lot of a lot of really good scenes that I like kind of forgot happened. But yeah, uh that's definitely like my favorite one. But that that scene uh in the bathroom when he confronts mm. um yeah, his, uh, yeah, that that's Mr. Wayne. That that was a good that was a good scene and important too because he's like, "What are you talking about, bro? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, like I don't know who you are. Like, get away from me, kind of." So it just kind of gave us some insight to like, oh, it like made us question like, oh, you know, this isn't this is probably this probably isn't his father. You know what I'm saying? Like, there would have been some hint into like his actions. Like, he would have been like, oh, you know, she's just whatever, blah blah. blah. Like, she would it, it, he would have acted different if if it really was like his son. So mm-hmm. but yeah, I really love that that short short scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um so Savon to you kind of like what was the the, the scene that, that that set out the um the most to you? When he shot Robert De Niro in the head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite scene. Because honestly I didn't watch the movie in the theaters until after I saw that on Facebook. Oh, okay. And I was like, I'm gonna go see it, I'm gonna go see it. But I got, got busy and I was on Facebook and I saw that they was like telling these bad. I was like, he was like, you know what you get when you get to you get what you deserve. Bow, bow. And then he stood up. You know, he didn't stand, he was laughing. He was like, hmm. Then he stood up, shot him a couple times, threw the gun, grabbed the TV camera. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I gotta go watch this. <laughs> I gotta go watch this. But that was my favorite scene. Um, yeah, that's probably yeah, definitely the one. That stood out the most, and it, well, he got beat up by Mr. Wayne, so that was funny. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. He got beat up in the bathroom. <laughs> it's tough, man. That's tough. He had a tough life, bro. I would go insane too. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, now getting into most memorable quotes. Um, forgive my laughter. I have a condition. Is it just me, or is it getting crazier out there? Someone who hides behind a mask. People are starting to notice. Um, I hope my death makes more sense than my life. I used to think my life was a tragedy. Um, you wouldn't get it, and all I have are negative thoughts. Um, to you, Maurice, like kind of like what was the, the the most memorable quote for you in this one? Yeah, that that line that you just said, the um, the all I have is negative thoughts. 
Mm. I was like, dang, man, that that's like that's some crazy stuff. You know, like you're in therapy and you're, and you're you know saying that stuff, and it just gives insight to like his character was really like just broken. Like all he ever knew was the dark side of things. I mean, still not a justification to kill somebody, but um, that's like all he knew. That's like the only life he knew. He never like Savon was saying earlier, like he didn't have a father in his life, so he didn't know of anything else. He didn't have direction to have a, another possible path. And then just the people in his life in general, uh, they were always rude to him and, and beating him up, or he was always just treated treated bad. So that's all. There was nothing else that really. And that's why he like faked these situations in his head with like Zazie, um, the character, right. and and he he came up with these scenarios in his head because it was the only positive thing that was really in his life. So, uh, so yeah, that that definitely was my favorite quote of the whole film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Savon, to you, kind of like what would you say was your most memorable quote? I think <clears throat> everything leads back to like the big, not the big big finale, but like the you know the climax when he was on the show. He was just like, like <clears throat> excuse me, you're awful, Murray. <laughs> Murray. I hate how you say Murray. Uh, me, I'm awful. How am I awful playing my video? Inviting me to the show. You just wanted to make fun of me, just like you're just like the rest of them. So it's just like his world was really just like plummeted because he looked up to this guy so much. Mm-hmm. And then now he realized, yo, this dude's trying to make fun of me too. Like, everybody's letting me down. Mom let me down. I don't have a dad. You was the best thing in my life. I used to watch you every day. Now I got to kill you. <laughs> now I got to kill you. And he killed him with fashion too. It was nice. Um, he got a little blood on him a little bit. And um, okay, I'm sorry. Why did you cut me off? Oh, like where, that? Are you going? where are you going? <laughs> I just was like, is he going to keep going? <laughs> I was waiting for you to cut in. So I was like, I, I guess they so want me to keep going. <laughs> Jeez. Do not let me keep babbling on, bro. You got to cut me off. <laughs> but yeah, um, and now kind of getting into what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, You know, the, the intentional direction and narrative cues mixed with a, um just a nuanced performance from Phoenix still work together com- competently to highlight just all of the Joker's calculated questions of what truth is. And I mean, obviously like Joaquin Phoenix, he wins an award for this. Um, looking back at Heath Ledger's um, posthumous win, he won an award for, for his as well. Um, to, to you, Maurice, like what did you like the most about the storyline? And also just kind of, were there any, any similarities you saw with this particular Joker performance and also what um, Heath Ledger did? Or do you think there was kind of like a vast difference? Yeah, so about um, the story, I, I really like how they tied in um, Batman at the end and just throughout the the film with tying him to it possibly being his father. Because, um, you know, it, it really builds that, that like, connection between, like, Batman and Joker. You know, that, like, this is number one enemy, you know. And that you can't have one without the other, basically, you know. And right. it kind of ties into uh, the Batman trilogy. I think one of the quotes from that was, like... Uh, it was something about, like, Batman about to kill him. And then, like, he was like, you can't kill me because you need me or something like that. So it really just builds that that connection. Like, they, they from the, this origin story shows, like, why they need each other. Because that, uh, truly, it's, like, the events that happened at the end of this Joker movie tied into why Batman became who he is. So I really like that that story about how they, you know, he got, his parents got shot in the, in the alleyway. All because of the way Joker was treated 
um, throughout the film, and, and he became and he and he made this right. Uh, but as far as the performances are, are concerned, um, obviously I don't I don't think anything will I don't think anyone will ever top the Keith Ledger's performance as Joker. No. Um, and I and that's why I don't compare these two because mm-hmm. I really think since this is like a totally different origin story, right. he had to act differently. You know, he had to act accordingly to what happened to him versus Keith Ledger and 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 what what his origin story was as his Joker. Right. So I I don't compare the two, but I think I think um, Phoenix did a good job, a really good job of playing this role, and like he played it perfectly to the T, um, according to the story that he was given. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Savon, to you, like, what what did you kind of like the most about this storyline, and also just um, as Maurice was saying, the differences as the origin stories were completely different from him and Heath Ledger's um, performance. I think I like most what I like most about this film was I like how. <clears throat> They didn't give give it to you on a, a platter. They they gave you enough information to where you put two and two together, or it made you think. It made it gave you the same mindset as him. Like what if like what if I was in his shoes? Would I think the same way? Or is his mom really telling the truth? Or is Wayne? It's like it, it really makes you think. It was a su- suspenseful movie without it being suspenseful or wanting to like say it's suspenseful in a way. If that makes sense. But no, I, I love that about it. I love how they gave him the art. They, I think they developed the character well. Mm-hmm. I think when, when it comes to Arthur Fleck, I think it was a, enough scenes to where he went bananas. I don't think it was too much because you we didn't see a lot of killing, but we get we got an opportunity where he was like, I'm not afraid of killing. In the subway, right. killing, um, what's come on the, the show. And just, I love how it ended too. Like everybody, like he, I don't know. I, I I like the entire thing, but when it comes to Heath Ledger, bro, no one, no one will ever come remotely close to what he did. And he he didn't have an origin story. He didn't have what yeah. to go off of. And he killed it like that. There Crazy. will never be another person who does that. I don't see yeah. it. Absolutely. And, and, and now transitioning to our last topic, 10 years from now, um, do you still think it'll be watchable and intriguing? Um, obviously, we know Savon thinks it'll be intriguing 40 years <laughs> from now. Skippy, buddy. <laughs> um, but to you, Maurice, do you, do you still see this being an intriguing film 10 years from now? Take it yeah, I think, it, I think it'll still be interesting like to watch and go back and watch. Like, I definitely want to keep watching it to see if I can pick up on what Savon's talking about. But... You know, I doubt that at this point because you know we understood Inception, <laughs> Wellington. You know, he. I don't think. Oh, well, God. I, don't, I don't think Savon really understood. Even Tenet's like gonna that. click for us. We're, we're gonna understand Tenet too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What? But um, I you know, I, I. Oh, you haven't watched Tenet? You got to. Inception two point That's all I'm gonna say. So oh, you'll probably you'll probably hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I think I think I I think I would show my kids like uh the Batman trilogy before Joker oh, yeah, for sure. But I do think like this, this is a good like alternative if that makes sense. So um, definitely still watchable in, 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 in a couple of years. I just don't know about it being that movie that I have to show somebody yeah, or that I'm movie that I have to watch. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I mean, who would think this is a must watch film? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a must-watch film because I didn't must-watch it. It was like a little clip that enticed me enough to be like, and it wasn't a trailer to be like, yo, let me go watch this. But um, 
Yeah, I don't. I think it's watchable. I don't think it's one of those movies like Maurice said. Like, hey, bro, have you watched The Joker? Let's watch The Joker. Like, it's not mm-hmm. one of those films. It's just a simple origin story. It was good enough to just be like, okay, I see why they went with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and not Jared mm-hmm. Leto, Alito, whatever you want to call it, because he was the worst Joker. <laughs> period. Joker ever. Period. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Let me put a smile. Like, what? Why do you have silver teeth? Like, bro, what? <laughs> Did you have cavities when you were younger, bro? Like, what's going on? Why do you have silver teeth? My grandma yeah. has silver, like two silver teeth. Like, she's old school gangster. But I don't know, man. I just didn't like his Joker at all. And then they didn't. Yeah. The director didn't like it as much, so he wasn't in the film as much. That's crazy. That's that's insane. That's crazy. <sighs> Your performance. Yeah, it, it, so, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, what oh no, I, I was just saying. I mean, like, just obviously. So, I mean, I, I, I still feel as though this will be um, an intriguing film um, a decade from now. I mean, the mesmerizing performance of uh, of Joaquin Phoenix will always be a spectacle people can take in, as just you know the complexities of an individual struggling with agency going up against forces internal and external was presented from the opening scene. Um, but before we close it out, um, there is going to be a Joker too. Todd Phillips is al- already working on that one. To, to you, Maurice, like, like, what do you want to see in the next Joker that you didn't see from this one and can maybe, like, make it um, a more intriguing type of film? Mm. Wow. I didn't know they were working on a Joker 2. Um, yeah. I think... So, I'm assuming that this one will follow, like, a more developed Joker. He's He'd be more in control of society or, or the, the villains in society. So, I, I'm assuming he, his empire has started and... I think there'll be like a introduction to Batman. Is is that what this new movie will be about? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So in that case, I want to see, I want to see <laughs> this. I want to see some more backstory for for. Okay. Please. If they can implement like his childhood story, and compare that to how he acts now, I know this sounds crazy, but like intertwine, like like go back and forth constantly between like. The actions that he's taking now, like what? he's he should be lashing. No, no, look, I know I'm like complicated. <laughs> look, <laughs> he should be lashing out at society from the things that he missed as a child. So he should have flashbacks to something <laughs> that happened in his childhood and right. should be lashing out against society. Like that should be the justification for why he's doing the things he's doing now. If they do that in the film, I think that'll because then because it shouldn't be about Batman mainly. It should be about Joker. So they should explain the actions that he's taking and like why he's doing what he's doing versus right. just like a classic like Batman versus Joker film. You know what I'm saying? But they yeah. should continue to dive into his character and why he is the way he is. And I think that'll that'll give me the satisfaction that I needed in Joker one. Like that that'll wrap it like full circle for me. For sure. Yeah. Um Savon, um, before we close it out, kind kinda of like what are you what are you wanting to continue to see? Um, from the next Joker film is obviously, you know, um, this one you really liked, but obviously with what Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix are, are doing together, there's still something they want to build on from from even uh, this Orton story. Oh, okay. Um, it's going to be extremely difficult to see Joaquin Phoenix in like, if they do implement Batman or any other villain, I mean, not a villain, I mean, any other hero in Gotham or somebody, but it's only one hero in Gotham, so, so it's gonna have to be Batman. But I just gonna see him fighting like, like I don't see it. Like it'll be so weird. So it's gonna have to be a continuation of the origin story, like Maurice, um, who that, and that would be dope. And then him going after the police department and not includes because Batman is not. I mean, Bruce is not even old yet. 
if the if they follow the timeline from the first one, right. Bruce will still mm-hmm. be a little kid. So he won't be Batman anyway. So it won't even make sense to have Batman in there. So uh, yeah, continuation of the original origin story will have to be probably what they go at. But I don't see him fighting <laughs> Batman and <it's laughs> like that, bro. It'd be so weird. <laughs> like he, and then he's skinny. So will he be back weight? Because he had to lose a lot of weight for that role. And then I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't know it was going to be a Joker too. So it's kind of like I don't know what to expect. But I, right. I kind of don't want to see a Joker too. Yeah, and, and, and um, well, yeah, it, it, it would definitely be an interesting uh, twist on this. But um, Maurice, it has um, been a pleasure as always having you on, and thanks for being back on, man. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here, man. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, that wraps it up for today. I'm your host, Wendy Burns, learn my counterpart, Savon Morris. This has been a full scope. See you later.